Uh, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We just celebrated Easter. It was amazing. We had uh, our best. I want to say this. I forgot to say it during the offering. We had our best Sunday ever at FWC Columbia in all of our locations, all Family Worship Center, including the launch of FWC Sumter, was so successful. Can we just give God some praise for that? I forgot to mention that in my offering, but we are still doing that, uh, the, the, the chair diagram. I don't know if, if it's not too late. Can you put that up for me, Lewis? I forgot to mention that during the offering envelope. I know you've already given, but you can still do that at any time. You can give towards something. We're still doing that. Um, so I don't know if y'all can put that up. There you go. We're at 40, 40,000. I think it's actually a little bit higher than that, but uh, I forgot to mention that. But, uh, or I think I, maybe I didn't mention it, but we didn't show the diagram. But Sumter's doing great. Launched last week. They're in person there today. We're finishing up renovations. And uh, I'm really excited about what God's doing in Sumter. But coming off of Easter, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Because what happened after Easter is so pivotal to our life as believers today. Because Jesus, when he rose from the grave, that's what we celebrated on Easter. That's what we, uh, um, really is the most important uh, uh, day that we can celebrate as, as believers, as Christians is the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. We covered all of that the last couple of weeks and celebrated it last, last Sunday. But today, I want to start pivoting towards what happened next. Because Jesus, when he was alive and after he was resurrected, told the disciples, told the, his followers that he was sending something better. Which is pretty amazing because when you think about who Jesus was, what he did... What could be better? And why did he have to send something better? We have a, a statement that we make at FWC all the time. If, if we didn't need the Holy Spirit, why did God send him? If we didn't need him, why did God send him? Because we need him. We need, we need, listen y'all, we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need the, 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 the infilling of the Holy Spirit. We need the overflowing of the Holy Spirit. We need his power. We need his comfort. We need his might. We need him working in us. Say this with me. Say, I want the Holy Spirit working in me. You, you, you need and, and should desire for the Holy Spirit to work in you, to work through you. And in Luke chapter 24, Jesus gave this declaration. Behold, I send the promise of my Father. Everybody say this out loud. Say the promise. That's what I titled my sermon. And obviously, with my teaching earlier, uh, this, this will probably just be part one and we'll continue later. The promise. The promise of my Father upon you. I will send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. But tarry, but tarry, in, the, in other words, wait until you are endued with power from on high. I want you to notice a couple of things. Number one, this is the promise. The Holy Spirit is the promise. Say it again with me. Say the promise. What is, what is so special about a promise? Well, number one, God cannot lie. So when he makes a promise, he doesn't, he doesn't you know, uh, break any of his promises. I really try hard not to do that with my kids. I try so hard not to break my promises. If I tell them I'm going to do something, I want to do it. 
I'll try to word things in a way, if I don't think I can do it, I'll try to word it in a way, well, well not today, or, or let me think about that, or whatever, right? Because I don't want to lie to them. How many of y'all do that with your kids? You don't want to lie to them. He said the promise. Then he said that you will be endued with power from on high. So we see right away, and in John, the book of John, we're given a description of the Holy Spirit. I covered that a few weeks ago, and I'm sure I will again in the coming weeks, of the seven aspects of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and that he's a comforter, a counselor, a standby, an intercessor. All these things that the Holy Spirit is, who he is, the part of, the part of him, uh, parts of him, excuse me, uh, the, the functions of the Holy Spirit, if you will. But all of those encompass this word power. And in many places, when we see this word power, it's the word dunamis. Dunamis, which is similar to the word and where we get the English word dynamite. Explosive power. That the Holy Spirit, that's why the disciples, I don't think they were surprised when in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell and there was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. If you read Acts 1, you'll see where Jesus once again said, go, wait in Jerusalem, because the Holy Spirit, I'm going to send him. Then in Acts chapter 2, the first couple of verses, the Holy Spirit comes. How does he come? Well, he comes in, and the Bible says it's as of a, a mighty rushing wind. There was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind that came and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Well, what happened when that, when that came? Then there were divided tongues as of fire. They sat upon each of them. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Excuse me, they were all filled. Acts tells us. Acts chapter 2 tells us they were all filled. Everybody who was in the upper room, and we'll cover that in detail later. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everyone living there, everyone surrounding the area heard the sound. What did they hear? The power of God. There, there was, what I want to tell you today is that we as believers shouldn't just be barely getting by to the point that we're just kind of sort of figuring out life. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit that there should be a power in us that is exhibited to other people. People should, should hear us. I don't mean necessarily that they hear your mouth, but they hear you. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't know this story, I'm summarizing it, but let me give you a little more detail so that you get it. People from all over the nation, all over, all over the world even, the Bible says, were in Jerusalem because there was a festival happening. It was the Passover festival, and that, the festival of weeks. And as they were going through this festival, that's when the day of Pentecost came. Pentecost is not some word we need to be afraid of. You're going to say, oh, well, they're, they're, they're Pentecostal over that church. They're kind of crazy. No. That just, I mean, they might, some other churches might be. I don't know. All right? I, listen, we're, we're not handling snakes this week. That'll be next week, okay? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. No snakes. There will not be any snakes at Family Worship Center. I had a family member one time, not, not directly related to me, but an extended family member, and they were coming to our church, and they, they've, they found out, you know, that we believed in the power of the Holy Spirit, and and uh, we believed in the uh, Pentecostal experience. And they said, are there going to be snakes? We're like, no, no, there's not going to be any. Like not every church is, you know, like that. But we do believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And so the, the, the Pentecost, you know what Pentecost means? 50. It means 50. Because it was 50 days after Jesus passed away. 50 days. Seven weeks, which is 49 days, and a day. 50. That's what Pentecost means. So it's not something we need to be afraid of or worried about. Or, or, or you know, somebody told me one time, you know, well, those Pentecostal people are of the devil. How? That would mean that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is of the devil because she was in the upper room. I'm just, I'm just saying, that's what the Bible tells us. Read the Bible. Read it. Read Acts. Read Acts. There's nothing of the devil about it. As a matter of fact, let me tell you why. Because once they were endued with power, once the Holy Spirit fell, they came out of the room. They're stumbling out of the room because the power of God hit the room. The, the city thought they were drunk. The city literally thought they were drunk. That's why I'm not so worried about when people, you know, listen, I know sometimes we do have sort of a radical service. There might be a little extra dancing, a little extra worship, a little extra, man, I don't care. It's not that I'm trying to offend anybody, and I don't, I don't want to scare anybody off. I don't. I promise I don't. I want people to come to Jesus. I want people to come. And I, and I, I, I understand that in today's world, we have to be wise in how we do things. But I'm also not going to inhibit the Holy Spirit from moving, and I'm not going to stop someone from responding. I'm not going to stop them. So they responded to the power falling in that room, and they came out, and they thought... The city thought, the people in the, in the streets thought they were drunk. They thought they were drunk. And Peter stepped up. The same Peter who denied Christ, the same Peter who made all those mistakes, was now filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with power, filled with something in him that he didn't have before, and he stood up boldly and said, No, these are not drunk as you suppose. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Young men will prophesy. Old men will see visions. And he began to just to, 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 to preach the word to these people who were on the street. What happened to Peter? Power. What happened to Peter? Anointing. Anointing. He got anointed with the power. You know, anointing oil was something they would do back in the day to, uh, to distinguish Jesus was anointed with power. Let me, let me read you. Let's go back a little bit to Isaiah chapter 10. Before we go further into Acts chapter 2 and talk more about the promise, let's go back just a moment to Isaiah chapter 10. And it shall come to pass in that day, I'm going to pick up in the 27th verse, that this burden, or excuse me, that his burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder. And his yoke from off of thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. What yoke? Yoke of bondage. Anytime you see a yoke mentioned as talking about bondage, they would yoke oxen together. They would bind them up, tie them together, and they would force them to be together and, and force them to work. It was a bondage. It was a reference to being in bondage. And for anybody and everybody who's ever felt bound up, chained up, limited, uh, inhibited by something of the devil, Isaiah was prophesying about Jesus Christ who would come and it was his anointing, his power that would break the yoke. If you study this, even if you read some other translations, your translation right now, if you're reading a different translation, it may say something like this. It may say that the, the chain of bondage or the yoke 
will be broken because you're so full. Do any of your translations say that? It talks about being full. What does that mean? That the anointing or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the power that Jesus would bring, would fill the oxen up to the point that the yoke that was around their neck would literally break. When Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, went down, what happened when he came up? When he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit descended as of a dove. It does not say he was a dove. It says it looked like a dove. It was how they described it. It looked like a bird. It looked like a dove. It came down and descended upon Jesus, filled him with the Holy Spirit. We know that because a few verses later, it tells us that Jesus went full of the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit into the wilderness. What did Jesus, I mean, what did God say from heaven? This is my son of whom I am well pleased. So now Jesus is anointed. How do you know that, Pastor? Because if you read a few verses later in several of the Gospels, they all say the same thing. What does it say? Hey, look, Jesus went into the uh, uh, woods, fasted for 40 days, went into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days, resisted the devil, was tempted by him, resisted him, overcame the devil, and came out, and the Bible tells us this. He was anointed to preach the gospel and do good works. He was anointed to preach the gospel and heal the sick, is actually what it says. He was anointed. There was, there was power there. Paul, when he wrote, I don't know if I pulled in this scripture, I don't know if I pulled it in. Let me see if I pulled it up. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with enticing or persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit, big S, Holy Spirit, in demonstration of the Spirit and power. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Good job, team, back there. Way to get it up. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. I, I want this church, not that every service has to be a flip, jump, run, backflip service, but that every service is a powerful service. That every service, we're expecting, we come in prayed up, ready to go, expecting God to move, expecting his, his spirit to move. Come in full of the spirit yourself. Don't, don't wait on us to get you full. Don't wait on us. If you're waiting on, 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 on some, some spectacular thing to break the yoke of bondage, you don't understand the anointing. Because the Bible says that the anointing breaks the yoke. What's the anointing? It's the power of God that was prophesied about Jesus. What did he do? He came. He, the Bible says he went around doing good, healing all those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. His power overcame sickness, overcame death, overcame disease. He rose from the grave on the third day. He said, y'all wait right here. Sit tight. I got something coming better. And on the 50th day, boom, mighty Russian wind came in, filled him up. What, what happened, though? But what's the point of the power? What's the point of the power? On that day, Peter says, preaches. Preach, uh, preaches good. Tells them everything that's happened. And then he says, hey, I want to tell you guys you need to be saved. He, he, he tells them exactly everything they did wrong, what they did to Jesus, how they messed up, why they messed up. Then he says, you need to be saved. And 3,000 people were saved that day. 
One shot. 3,000. And, and then I, I pulled in this verse in Acts chapter 2, verse 47, the second half of it. This is the very end of the chapter, actually. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I, I know a lot of churches have, have, have a lot of different methods, and I'm, I'm not knocking any, any other methods. But, but I know what God's called us to be and who we're called to be. I know what God's called us to do and, and, and what we're called to do. And, and, and it's not enticing, persuasive words of men's wisdom. Let me read to you the rest of that verse so you understand why I believe that. Because he says, Paul says in verse 5, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but y'all, y'all, y'all are going to stay with me and you're going to get this. He says, my speech, verse 4, my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5, that your faith, how often do I preach about faith? How often do I talk about how important it is to walk by faith and not by sight? How often do I talk about the the importance of, of what you believe and how you believe it and how you speak? And he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power. In, in the dunamis, in the dynamite, in, in the power of God. That your faith should be in the power of God. That, that you, should, you should trust and know that it's God's power. It's his Holy Spirit that he sent in the sevenfold demonstration of the, of, the, of the Spirit and the nine gifts of the Spirit which I taught on last year. I may teach on it again. I started studying this week a little bit on that, just trying to be prepared. If the Lord would lead me to teach on that, then I know how to teach. What are the gifts of the Spirit? What are they for? Power. Not, see, see the world back then, they wanted power like they wanted, they wanted kingdom power. They wanted to sit on a throne power. But he said, no, I'm, I'm going to give you power to actually do something with your life. I'm, I'm going to give you power that, that'll actually give you eternal life I'm going to give you power that in John 10 10 what did he tell us to give you life and life more abundantly I want that abundant life I want that abundant life well, well, well you need to start with accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior I'm going to finish with this let me show you there's two, two distinct aspects that we see of the Holy Spirit uh, in the new birth and in the uh, Baptism with the Holy Spirit. We see the Holy Spirit come into us when we're saved. In Romans 8, what does it say? That, uh, 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 that uh, the Spirit Himself bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. The Spirit Himself. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. When you're saved, He comes in. But Jesus said that He's going to come upon you. What did Luke say? Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. There's in and there's upon. There's in and there's upon. Up on. Up on. The, the divided tongues were upon them. Do you understand? It was, a, it was a different experience. It was a subsequent experience. So yes, the Holy Spirit comes in you and he helps you. That's why if you're saved today, you have the Holy Spirit. You have a conscience. You have, you have that inward witness. You know what's right and wrong. You know, you know those things. 
But yet he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit and there'll be power that comes with that. There'll be power. There'll be gifts of the Spirit that come. That's why I'm not afraid of tongues. Because Jesus said, I'm going to send it to you. That's why I'm not afraid of of the working of miracles and the and, and when I see manifestations, people people healed and people touched. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. These are all, there's nine gifts. I don't know why I'm pulling up four fingers. There's nine gifts. Nine gifts. That the Holy Spirit, that that that, that are the Bible calls gifts of the Spirit. These are these are these are power gifts. These are gifts that 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 allow the power of God to flow through us. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I'm not afraid of those because it's not my, it's not my, it's not enticing words. It's not my persuasive words. I can, I can public speak well all I want, but if there's no power with it, it, it took me about to 0.5 with the tithing message. It took me to about 0.5. But at point five, something changed in the room. Go back, watch the tape, you'll see it. Something changed in the room, and, and by faith, some, y'all began to receive what I was teaching. Everybody wanted to resist it. Y'all, didn't want to, y'all, y'all came in, y'all didn't want to hear that today. But what happened? An anointing fell, a, a, a power fell, because God told me to, to speak that today, to teach that today, to talk about that today. But I knew if I just persisted, it wasn't me. God told me to do it. I'm just trying to be a willing vessel. So I want you guys, the reason I'm, I guess I'm starting on this today, because we're coming up to Pentecost, and, and just like we celebrated Easter, we're going to celebrate the Holy Spirit. But I want, I want you guys to understand that, that the power of the Holy Spirit is not just for you to, to, to have an emotional outburst in a, in a service. I'm for that. Sounds great. But if that's all the Holy Spirit does for you, you miss the point of the power. If, that, if, that, if all you do is get a good shout, well, well, praise God. I do a white boy shout. It's not very good. But I shout, I'll shout with the best of them. I'll run. I'll dance. I, I, I've run the church buildings. I've fallen out on the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I get it. I'm, I, and I'm for all that. As a matter of fact, I want more of that. But the point of that is that I can then go out and that my community hears me. That, that, that our community hears this church. Hears Family Worship Center Florence. Hears Family Worship Center Sumter. Hears Family Worship Center Georgetown. That there's, that, 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 that there's a power that they come and they say, man, there's something different about that place, man. I mean, that's what they said in the streets, right? You see, it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Do you see it today? It's the anointing that breaks. It's the anointing that changes, that changes the atmosphere. That change, it's not my enticing words. It's not persuasive words. It's not the excellency of speech, but it's the power and demonstration, demonstration of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul said. That's what needs to happen in our services. That's what needs to happen, not just in our services, but that you take it with you that you take it with you, that you go out. That you go out and you, and you, and you, and you, let let me tell you, let me tell you who Jesus is, what he's done for you. And I've never felt comfortable saying that before, but something happened in church last week and I got touched and there's a boldness on me. 
There's a, there's a power in me. You know, the, for instance, the, the, the word of, pe- people get, maybe I will teach on this. People get it twisted, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, what that's really about, what that's for. But a word of knowledge just means that, that God gives you a, a, a knowledge of something you wouldn't otherwise know. And just like a word is a part of a sentence, it's just part of God's knowledge. A word is a part of the dictionary. If you look at the dictionary, there's millions of words, right? But, but one word, so a word of knowledge is a piece of knowledge. Wouldn't it be great if you endued with power, went to work, and the Holy Spirit dropped and downloaded into you something that was going on with your coworker and you knew it by the Spirit? And you didn't have to put them on blast, but you knew by the Spirit, hey, can I pray with you? I just, I just pulled you to the side. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to pray with you today. I want to help you because the Holy Spirit showed me. And you don't have to be goofy about it. You don't have to be all super spiritual. See, that's the thing. People want to be all super spiritual. And thus saith the Lord. You don't have, I mean, you can, but you don't have to do all that. You don't have to prophesy to them. You can. That's another gift of the Spirit. But you can just go up and say, I just want to hug you. You don't even have to tell them you know what's going on. You might not know in full. You might only know in part. And they're looking fine. They're looking on the outside. They look great. And all of a sudden, they start breaking down. They start telling you. Oh, this happened, and, and my husband's saying we're going to go through a divorce. And he left, and he's not even here, and he's not even living at home, and i got to go back home. And, and you didn't even know in the natural. No one else in the office knew, but by the Spirit you knew. So wonder, well, why, what's the point of all this? That's the point, is that our community hears us. That they hear the sound of a mighty Russian wind. That they hear the sound of the rain coming. And that we make a difference. So as we push over the next couple of weeks, as I teach on this, build your faith on it. And again, I, I pray that we do have good Holy Ghost services. And I pray that we, we, we have a, a response to the Holy Spirit moving. I want that. But what I want more is that that power actually goes outside of these walls and that you go and touch your community and touch people that I can't reach. Let God use me to touch you so that you can go out and touch others. Amen? Amen?